0: This week on the Iowa Watch Connection...
1: And you just can't figure out why somebody can't help her or get her or anything like that. You you do, you feel helpless. You want to help her yourself.
0: The rescue was amazing.
2: That's all I thought about. Focusing, focusing. Because I knew that would be at such a zoomed in distance. It would be critical to be right on for any of the photos.
0: And the photograph that captured that special moment remains memorable.
1: And within... 45 seconds, he had her out of the water with one arm, grabbed her. And I don't even think he got his boots wet.
0: The moment of rescue, our topic this week.
3: The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism. Online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein.
0: The Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism and this radio program Humanities Iowa and the National Endowment for the Humanities and Iowa Public Television are partnering on a special year-long project. We'll introduce you to a number of Pulitzer Prize-winning Iowa journalists to not only recall the groundbreaking stories they produced, but to learn more about how these stories came to light. This week, the second program from that project, remembering an amazing photograph that truly was worth at least a thousand words. Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller has our story.
4: The afternoon of June thirtieth, two 2009 was anything but calm at Des Moines Center Street Dam. Patricia Ralph Neely was struggling for her life below the dam on the Des Moines River, getting pulled under by the churning water. She and her husband Alan Neely had gone over the dam in their boat. Alan Neely died in that accident, but here was Patricia fighting to stay alive while rescue workers tried to save her. News photographers Mary Chind and Andrea Melendez, then working at the Des Moines Register, learned about her when someone heard about it on police scanners around 3 o'clock. Mary Chind, now married and called Mary Willie, starts the story. The second person you will hear is Andrea Melendez speaking via Skype.
2: Well, that afternoon, Andrea, Melendez, and I were both sitting in the photo department working on pictures on our computers. That time, we didn't have laptops. Um, So, And somebody walked in the newsroom or in the photo area and said that there was somebody, a call about somebody being in the river in the water, and can we have someone check it out? So Andrea and I decided, between the two of us, that um, she could go because she's the night photographer. It was mid-afternoon, and...
1: I remember getting out of the car and like I say, seeing the woman in the water and, um, you know, you just get a pit in your stomach and you just you can't believe this is happening, you know, and you just can't figure out why somebody can't help her or get her or anything like that. You, you do you feel helpless. You want to help her yourself. It's, it's hard to stand on the side of the river and take pictures of her and not help her. But at the same time, what can I do?
4: By the end of that day, Patricia Ralph Neely had been pulled to safety in a daring rescue, and the Moines Register had captured a Pulitzer Prize winning photo by Andrea Melendez's good friend, Mary Chind Willie. Melendez explains how Willie ended up at the scene.
1: Probably about halfway up the road, I knew that um, this was going to be a situation that I needed to have um, a video camera ready to go as well. I knew my video battery um, was dead. I think I had try, either tried to use my video camera earlier in the day and my video battery was dying. And so that's when I had called Mary on the way up because she is such a nice person. She and I are very good friends. And um, I knew she would bring me a battery. And I, just, I remember calling her and saying, Hey, um, I'm heading up here. If this is really big, I'm going to need my video camera. Can you bring me, do you have a, a charged battery that you can bring me? And she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll be right up.
4: And that is how Andrea Melendez and Mary Chin Willie became connected forever in this story about the 2010 Pulitzer Prize for Spot News Photography. The drama at the Center Street Dam was intense that day. Looking for a solution, construction workers nearby inched a crane to the bridge near the dam. One of the workers, Jason Oglesby, wrapped a chain around his waist and was lowered over a bridge railing and along the dam. Dangling there, Oglesby held onto the chain with one hand and reached for the struggling woman.
1: We look across the the river and we see the construction guys all of a sudden, you know, working like little ants, hooking this guy up to the crane. And it was like, oh my gosh, they're they're going to... They're going to go get her and, you know, chills go down your back and you realize what's going to happen and they're going to go, they're going to go get her. And they, you see the guy get lifted up. I would say within 45 seconds, he was to her and within 45 seconds, he had her out of the water with one arm grabbed her. And I don't even think he got his boots wet.
4: Each photographer captured images of that rescue, but it was Mary Chin Willie's photo that people from across the country remember. The man's hand reaching toward the water and the woman's hand barely emerging from the water as the two tried to connect. Willie says she just wanted to keep her camera steady and in focus.
2: That's all I thought about. Focusing, focusing. Because I knew that would be at such a zoomed-in distance, it would be critical to be right on for any of the photos.
0: In a moment, we'll hear more from Mary Willie about the June 29th, 2009 Center Street Bridge Dam Rescue and the photo that won her a Pulitzer Prize. That's next as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. This program is part of the Pulitzer Prize's Centennial Campfires Initiative a joint venture of the Pulitzer Prizes Board, the Federation of State Humanities Council, and Humanities Iowa, a state affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities, in celebration of the 2016 centennial of the prizes. The initiative seeks to illuminate the impact of journalism and the humanities on American life today, to imagine their future, and to inspire new generations to consider the values Represented by the body of Pulitzer Prize winning work for their generous support for the campfires initiative We thank the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation the Ford Foundation Carnegie Corporation of New York the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation the Pulitzer Prizes board and Columbia University as well as Humanities Iowa and the National Endowment for the Humanities The program is produced in the studios of KXEL Radio in Waterloo.
3: The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, non-profit, non-partisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org.
0: Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. We continue our discussion of the circumstances surrounding the 2010 Pulitzer Prize for Spot News Photography, as won by the Des Moines Register. Iowa Watch Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller now with the award-winning photographer, Mary Willie. In a
4: situation like that where someone's life is in danger, that can be uh, quite a tense, emotional scene. How do you process something like that when you're at a job like that, trying to take pictures?
2: Um, Generally, you process it afterwards uh your your work instinct comes into play first of all. You're just thinking about the story and, you know, um just doing your job technically as well as you can. Um thankfully there are other people there doing the rescue so I didn't have the the worry about should I, you know, jump in after her or something like that. It was there was plenty of people there working on it, so I was just able to focus on the technical aspect and not until after the the hands connected. You know, there was a real loud, uh, it was like stereo speaker sound on all four banks and all both of the bridges. You could hear people applauding and cheering. And when that happened, I suddenly became aware that there were so many people. I could see them far on the other ends of the bridges. And then when I started just, you know, everything was done and she was getting in the boat, then it really dawned on me uh, what a amazing thing that had just happened.
4: And so a decision was made for someone to go back to the register Mm -hmm. with photos Mm -hmm. and someone to stay. How did that conversation go?
2: Well, that's um, Andrea was doing video again, and so she needed to get some reaction pieces from people and talk to a few people about what was going on. And so I told her, you know, I'm going to just go quick, and I've got a few pictures, I'm just going to run to the office. And traditionally, I would have probably turned my laptop on right there, but we were maybe four blocks away from the office, so it was quicker for me to just get them in there. And the funny thing is that the uh, editors at the newsroom didn't know that this had taken place yet, and I I was the first one when I turned the photos in, called my photo editor and said, get this in there right now. And I didn't even stop at his desk to tell him about it. I, just, I hurried up and turned in a couple of photos really quick and said, look at this, get it on the Internet right now. Because I knew we were competing you know with the t v stations and wanting to get everything out first, so
4: how hard was it to find that picture of the hand sticking out of the water amongst all of the pictures that you talk
2: not Not that hard really because i I think it popped out because of the hand and the angle, the composition of the you know the the diagonal movement of the lines. I did turn in a vertical photo that I liked as well. But it was a you know showing the chain and the unusualness of this whole rescue was this man Jason Oglesby, being dangling from this train you know a construction worker dangling from a chain you don't that's not a traditional thing so that was really, the whole over the top part of it, um, so I was thinking about that you know and, and and showing that off a little bit so I turned in those two, um, and then a few those were the first and then I called. I turned in a vertical and a horizontal, and that was the one that ended up being on the front page the next day was the horizontal one that I told you about with the angles.
4: Do you know how many pictures you took?
2: Um, I would guess it would be around 50. I didn't take a whole lot of photographs. Just um, when she got in the boat, you know, I followed along as they they carried her to the boat and put her in the boat and um, took her off and onto the shore and... And then I just kind of thought, well, it's time to get going out of here, you know.
4: And so did you know at that time that you had such a powerful photo?
2: No, no. I mean, I assumed I would have something powerful. I didn't know it would be, you know, just the angles and the interest of it all would work out very well.
4: When did that become evident to you?
2: I, I went home that day after work, and I I knew... And like you say, the the amazement of what you'd witnessed, okay, that sinks in a little bit, you know, and just thinking about, wow, to have witnessed something like that, and then finding out, you know, that uh, the woman's husband had had died down the river makes it so tragic, and it's such a... uh, such a strong story to be witness to, and to be witness to that right, you know, blocks from where I was sitting at work, having a regular day. And then minutes later, there, that happens. So when I went home, I thought, you know, those things. The next morning I got to work and walked in the newsroom and a couple of my colleagues were standing up and applauding as I walked in the room. And that was when I thought, oh wow, well, this must be <laughs> this must be something I've never seen that happen before, you know. Well,
4: I was wondering if that ever happens, <laughs> you see it in television depictions, but I've never seen it in a newsroom that I've worked yeah, in. Yeah,
2: so that was really amazing to have, you know, two of my uh, friends and colleagues do that with with me. Um I was just like, wow, I just kind of smiled and, you know,
4: did register editors talk with you about placing that photo on the front page and which photo you thought was best, or was that decision yeah. made by somebody else?
2: There were several editors there. Don Torme was the photo editor at the time and um Carolyn Washburn and they were all mulling it out. So I knew, you know, I kind of felt a little bad because Andrea Melendez was there taking photos as well. So I didn't go in there and fight and say this I didn't see everything that she had turned in. I just kind of stayed out of that, and it's usually an editor's decision at that point anyways, which picture is going to get used in the paper. So I thought, well, it's really great to myself. I thought, it's really great. I was able to get it on the internet. You know, and I assumed that she had equally powerful, and she did, equally powerful images of the same riveting material, so I didn't go in there and, and, you know, say, try to, sell my photo over hers or anything like that and they're professionals and they're you know doing their job of editing the photos
4: and at that point in time the discussion really is about what's on page one the Pulitzer comes later the right. nomination much later. Of the photo yeah talk to us a little bit about how that played out how did editors talk with you and Andrea about which photos they wanted to submit for Pulitzer nomination did you yeah. have any part of that conversation
2: yeah we did um we made large prints of everything that was submitted i think we had around an 18 image gallery that was a uh, um on the on the internet so we took all of those and we considered making a package out of those you know so we had them all laid out and um i didn't really at that point say much either about, oh, I think you should just go with this one or I think you should go with that one. I just kind of um, let them decide basically, but we, we did have conversations about it. It wasn't um, maybe more about cropping and how things were placed as, you know, making sure everything was true when you're entering something into a contest, you know.
4: How did you feel when you learned that your photo would be submitted for the Pulitzer, just that one photo?
2: You know, I don't, I've had things uh, submitted before, so I don't remember that I was totally in awe or surprised at that point, you know, because, oh, we're going to enter the contest. We enter a lot of contests every year. So it was not a bad, I, you know, I was happy that they had, had chosen that photo, and I thought it was a, a single image that kind of showed the whole event as to sometimes when you have several the other images kind of have to all have a supporting role and tell something new. And since so that event did not have, you know, there was her getting rescued, there was her in the water, there was her getting into the boat, but there were, you know, this was, is was a different type of sequence. There wasn't um, any other type of supporting images that really aided to the story. So I think it worked really well as a single image.
4: Then came April 2010. Mm-hmm. the Pulitzer Prize for breaking news photography this beat the associated press for its photos of war-torn afghanistan and the new york daily news for photos of the uh, hudson river airplane crash of the us airways yeah. which was a big deal that everyone was talking about yes The Pulitzer Committee awarding the award said you captured a heart-stopping moment as the woman reached for the rescue worker. How did you learn that you had won the Pulitzer?
2: Well, I thought um, I was at Grandview College with some other photojournalists. Uh, Former colleague Doug Wells had us come in and help his students with some critiquing of their portfolios. So we had just sat down, and we were maybe 10 minutes into I was talking with the first student. And Andrea was there and, you know, about five or six other uh, photojournalists and former editors and friends and colleagues. So we were kind of enjoying ourselves. And Andrea, I think, was at the same table but just down from me, and she was on the phone. And she goes, hey, Mary, you won. I said, I won what? She goes, you won the Pulitzer. I said, oh, I did not. I didn't even know that it was announcement day, to tell you, to be honest. I did not even know that it was that time of year that, and I was a finalist. I had no clue about that. So if I had maybe known that I was a finalist, then I might have been a little bit you know, more willing to believe her, but I really didn't believe her. <laughs> so that was the funniest, the funniest moment of the whole event. And she put on her friend Linda Epstein, who is a, a a photo editor, I think, I forget where she was, at the Washington Post, I think, at the time. And she had to tell me herself, no, you won the Pulitzer Prize. So, and it was just, you know, it was so wonderful to be there in that situation with students. Um, immediately, it, you know, you get so excited and just kind of flush, you know, and you're, oh, well, I think I have to do something else now. I, the poor student that I was working with, I said, do you guys know what the Pulitzer Prize is? And a couple of them didn't know what it was. So that was fun, you know. And um, I said, well, I think someone else will probably have to help you finish your review. I apologize. And um, we did a little celebrating there and at with the, our friends. Yes, yeah, well, just photographs and fun. It was great. We had uh, Christopher Gannon, who was on staff, and Warren Taylor. And there's a photo of Andrea and I all jumping and kind of just having fun and Doug took the photos, So uh, it was great. It was a great memory for me to have that and be around those people when the news came in.
0: In our next program, we will hear more from Mary Willie and also her friend and fellow photographer Andrea Melendez about Willie winning the Pulitzer Prize and Melendez's perspective on that. The interviews for this program were conducted by the executive director and editor of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, Lyle Muller. Special thanks go to Iowa Public Television, which supplied a recording of the Mary Chindwilly interview conducted by Iowa Watch at the Iowa Public Television studios. That brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time and we invite you to join Iowa Watch for two special September events. The first is Friday, September 16th at the Walker Homestead in Iowa City, our second annual fundraiser with food, beverages, conversation and auction items. And on September 29th our fourth annual Freedom of Information Banquet will be held in downtown Des Moines. It will follow a full afternoon of sessions on the topic of openness in government. The banquet will feature guest speaker Corinna Zarek, Deputy U.S. Chief Technology Officer at the White House and University of Iowa graduate. You can get information about both events by connecting with us online anytime. Go to iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again for a list of stations that carry the program and more, iowawatch.org. And you can let us know your thoughts about this program or suggest ideas for future programs by email. The address is radio at iowawatch.org. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week.